welcome to The Friendly Unknown. I'm your host, Allison Felice. Join me as I talk to creative professionals from around the globe about their paths to becoming who they are today in order to help demystify the creative journey. Today, I'm chatting with neon artist, designer, and my good friend, Brooke Bartlebort. Brooke bends glass into all kinds of amazing shapes and uses her pieces to help inspire others. She's also a super talented graphic designer and glass blower. Brooke has been through a lot in recent years. At the age of 30, she went through treatment for breast cancer. Following that, her mom had a major stroke. Brooke decided to move from San Francisco to LA to be closer to her family. And in that transition, she reconnected with her love of neon and ultimately herself in the process. She now uses neon as a way to work through her grief and help heal herself as well as others. As she puts it best, she's creating light in the darkness. Her story is truly one of strength and inspiration. The amount of work it takes to learn neon is immense and what she can do with her craft is truly inspiring, both in her abilities and her message, a message the world really needs to receive right now. To find out more about Brooke, you can follow her on Instagram at brooklyn619 or find her online at bartlebort.com. Links to both of those are in the show notes. To stay up to date on all things The Friendly Unknown, follow me on Instagram at allisonfelice or visit thefriendlyunknown.com. Without further ado, let's dive in. (laughs) Hey, Brooke. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great. How are you? Doing really good. Yeah, I just had some pizza, so... Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all set. Um, Yeah, well, thanks for being here. It's good to talk to you. I haven't talked in a while, actually, so I'm excited to catch up. Yeah, this is, like I was saying, just incredible that you're, you have a podcast and we talked about podcasts a long time ago and art and it's amazing to see like where we're both at and it's inspiring to see that you're doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Remember how we used to like obsessively listen to podcasts? (laughs) Oh, I still do. (laughs) Yeah, same. Yeah. So can you just talk a little bit about like what you do, like what you're up to right now? Sure. I'm... Brooke Bartlebort, and my passion is uh, neon art. And I'm also a glass blower. I'm a designer, photographer, all sorts of creative um, endeavors. But when I say like neon art, I'm talking about like the glass that's bent that you see in the old neon signs or just like your everyday open sign. Um, it's made by hand and incredibly difficult to learn. So it's a lifelong pursuit that I'm working on. Yeah, I was gonna like dive into that more about how how you even learn neon, like where do you even begin? Um, because we were both designers first and um we both in the last few years sort of like found our niche outside of design, I guess. Like me illustration and you neon. But I feel like going from design to illustration is a lot easier (laughs) than going from design to graphic design that is to neon. Um, so yeah, do you, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Like how, like what were you doing in design and then how you kind of found neon? Yeah, I uh, started, I saw glass blowing like with a pipe where you're making like bowls and vases when I was young. And so I started doing that when I was 15 as like a hobby and I still do it now. Like I'm still making pumpkins and going to this studio that I'm part of in San Diego. 
Um, but I've always had glasses like part of my life. And it wasn't until I was in San Francisco or we met um, at Academy of Art that I found neon. And uh, that was like while I was in school for graphic design, I found neon, tried it and realized like there, it was kind of merging my love of design and be able to play with type and design things, but then with flames and a pattern <laughs> and with glass. So uh, I wouldn't say it's like a natural progression for most people, but for me having type and design as part of my life and then glass as well, it was like a very uh, natural, it became very natural for me to pick it up. Yeah. Like how did, when you were 15, like what, what were you doing to get into glass? Like, was it like a, just an, a program that you got into or? Uh, we found my teacher, Andy Cohen in San Diego. Um, it was like the single studio that's still there in Belleville Park and she teaches glass blowing lessons. And uh, she just said, come up on the platform, like open the door and was like, are you afraid of the heat? <laughs> I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> like, are people actually turned off by like you opening a door? Um, but yeah, I've been, I just loved it and did it throughout high school. And, you know, whenever I can, I still go in there. I just think like 15 years old, you know, that's like such a young age to get into glass blowing and like, were you, did you grow up in a creative environment, like in general, or what was your upbringing like? Yeah, I'd say that, I mean, I was always creative as a kid. Just, uh, I look back, I'm like, man, that was a really good <laughs> piece of art for that age. But it wasn't just drawing, you know, or painting. I loved to, like, I was obsessed with Disneyland, still love Disneyland. And I would create rides, like I would go and in the garage with like a wheelie chair and turn the lights off and like hang streamers and pretend like I was at Disneyland. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. I mean, or put on plays or, you know, there was always some form of creative expression if I wasn't drawing. Um, and being an only child kind of helps you channel that energy because you have to do something to entertain yourself at times. Yeah. Were you alone a lot or did you like play with friends? Pretty often. No, friends. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, I mean, I played with friends all the time, but, you know, there were times like, uh, for sure, you know, you just, I would go and draw or um, spend that time to be creative. Yeah, yeah. And then um, when you were in high school, did you know about design? Like, did you go from graduating into design immediately or what was that path like? That path was kind of lost. Like I liked art, but I really didn't know where I was going with it because uh, I studied art in a little bit, you know, in high school, but I didn't gather a portfolio enough to go to a like a good art school. Uh, so I kind of went into communication media, which became which was design and then um, kind of became more about I mean, it was interesting. I loved studying communication, um, but it wasn't until after college that I started doing design as I am now. Um, and then from there, it's uh, <laughs> just took off, you know, like went to Academy of Art, studied it more, learned how to actually think as a designer. So, yeah, it was kind of a loss, like a weird path to get there. Yeah, no, my path was like pretty winding as well. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I studied business for a while. It's like so. Oh wow! Um, but I think I do feel like that's come in handy uh, in being a freelancer. Just like having to do all my own admin and billing and, and oh, marketing for sure. and stuff like that. I feel that. like everybody needs a course in that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So what were your jobs like in design? First jobs in design were like during the recession. So they were pretty, pretty chill. Uh, Lots of internships to start. And then eventually I'd say like I made my way into the wine industry, which is where I worked for um, like six years, which was a ton of fun. Like I loved working on labels or print or, you know, any websites that they had, um, doing photography, lots of social media. Like right now it's kind of like design and neon or hand in hand. Like one is allowing me to pay the bills at the moment during the pandemic. And the other is allowing me to like really pour my heart into something and to like be an artist. Yeah. I like remember this phone call we had. (laughs) It was like uh, three years ago, maybe where there was this realization that you wanted to sort of pursue neon as like a career. Yeah, I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I we were both going through stuff at that time. Like I was trying trying to make my way as an illustrator and yeah, I just remember one of I think you were working as an art director and it wasn't really working out and you called me like, "Why am I hitting this wall?" <laughs> yeah. No, I mean in that sense for sure. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and it was like you loved neon, but it it wasn't like a conscious thing that that's a direction you wanted to pursue like in your career. And I just like this phone call was like, it started out just like so upset. Like why, you know, why am I hitting walls in design? Like what is, what's going on? And then we talked through and like, you were just like, no pun intended, but you just lit up when we started talking about neon. And I was like, well, you know, this neon thing, like, you know, is this, is this the thing you like love? And I don't know how we even like really came to it, but by the end of the conversation, you were like excited. Yeah, <laughs> no, I will never forget that because you like were there and you said like ex- whatever it like, it was what I needed to hear, you know, to really be like, yeah, why am I not doing that? Why don't I try and do that? And we were like kind of in like a similar spot and um, I'll just like never forget <laughs> that conversation because um, it yeah, just helped same. motivate me and move me and you know, at the time I couldn't see what was possible. And I remember like going to the don't keep your day job show and thinking like, how would I ever have a studio? You know, how does other, how do other people do it? And it's like crazy to think in three years that I have, it's a small studio and it still has a lot of issues, but like I made a neon studio with the help of a lot of people. Um, That's so amazing. And yeah, it's, I mean, just for anyone who's listening who thinks like, oh, I'm so far from my dream. It's like, this was really hard to do, but like people come and like doors open that you never expect to happen. Um, If you just keep showing up and, you know, whatever it is that brings you joy. It's really true. Like sometimes it feels so far away. Like I think um, when you like realize what you want to do, it's super exciting. And then you realize like, oh, like this is actually really far from where I, from where I am, like, but it's actually so close. I don't know if you just keep doing, if you just keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, doors open and it does take time, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. No, I mean, there were so many times throughout that (laughs) something happened where I was just feeling incredibly stuck. Like, okay, I love neon, but I, 
I can't keep going just to the museum because Mona is the museum in Los Angeles where I started really getting into neon again. And I just was thinking like, oh, I can't keep driving and carrying everything. I got to find like a way to do this, but how am I going to afford to do it? You know, and um, every, every level, like you'll accomplish something, but then there'll be something else that's new that you have to find a way through. Yeah. New level, new devil. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I like, I remember another phone call we had where um, you were in the She Bends show, right? And like yeah. just transporting your piece to Minnesota, I think it was, was like just so tricky to even figure out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a piece stolen and then another piece oh my God, that's broke, right. like that one for the She Bends show, one of them broke um, on the way there. So, that was something new that I was learning along the way as well. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I feel like neon is such a high bar of like, where, like, where do you feel like you are on that journey right now? Cause it's just, uh, I feel like with illustration, you know, you're always improving, but you can kind of jump on an iPad or draw or use illustrator and you're kind of on your way. But with neon, it's like this physical thing and there's, like chemical elements and you can't just start at home really you have to like be in a studio and how did you reconnect with that after school like once you decided you wanted to do neon like where do you where did you start where I mean I I did it in school and then I kind of let it go for a while like I tried a little bit I was trying to go to Oakland and try class there and I tried Academy of Art again but the, the neon class ended um so eventually in LA, I found it again, but it wasn't, I wasn't looking for it. I had just moved to LA and happened to find out that the neon museum was like 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> and so in some ways it almost feels like it's like fate or a path or something's just like oddly guiding me that way, because like, what are the chances that I'm going to move like so close to a museum for neon? Um, like part of the reason like, as you know, I moved down here to like LA was to help my family and help my mom after her stroke. So it wasn't like the best reason to be moving back towards my home. But then this was like a beautiful gift that would have never happened if I had just stayed in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to your interview on Mondo Neon. Yeah. Um, and it was really beautiful. Just like what you had to say about the work that you make and how it has sort of like helped you heal through some health issues you've experienced and um, with your mom having this, her stroke. And I was wondering if you can maybe talk about that a bit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Uh, let's see. Like one of the first pieces that like I felt really was from my heart and like felt like, oh man, this is like exactly what I needed. Um, that was really healing was the, all that glitters piece that I made. Um, because that was after my mom's stroke and after I had gone through, uh, like breast cancer, like double mastectomy at the age of 30. Um, I just was feeling really broken and confused and like lost and like focusing on neon. It's so like intense in a way that you have to be focused because you don't want to burn yourself or cut yourself or, you know, hurt anybody else that's in the room. Um, so you really have to focus on what you're doing. Um, but this piece was all about like all that glitter is like in life. I learned was 
you know, your family, your friends, those, you know, those moments that are, are important, not everything else that we think is on a daily basis, maybe. Um, and just a reminder for me and for others, like that's what's important. And like the back of it was fractured, but it was like appearing complete as like a full circle because that's how I felt at the time. And yeah, so that was like a piece that was really meaningful and from the heart and healed me. And it seems like I keep finding these moments, like even now with the pandemic going on, um, I was like just setting up my studio and had my first like real like commission with a bar in downtown LA. And it was gonna be something really fun and creative. And then the pandemic happened and the bars closed down, which was a major bummer and like hard to accept that like the whole world is changing and businesses are changing. And, um, but some of the art I've done lately has come out of this because it forced me to think of these ideas that I've had in my head, but never really knew what to do with them. So like the pieces, like the piece have hope and the one that I just finished choose love, um, kind of came out of everything that I went through in the pandemic and seen other people go through. Yeah. And the have hope one, you like lit it up above a freeway in LA, right? Yeah, I'd had this idea for a while, like, because you spent quite a bit of time on the freeways. And I always saw, you know, little papers and things stuck up there. And I thought, you know, like, this would be a really cool place to display a sign kind of um, doing it in more like urban places or somewhere unexpected would be a cool way to, you know, reach people, especially because there's so many people on freeways. It's like you could reach hundreds of people fast. And it's also like, I like art that you don't have to always pay for to see and that it's like public. I really want to do more uh, public art installations. And I guess this is kind of a nice way while galleries aren't open that I could still like push myself, experiment, reach people and like have a positive message that's have hope, you know, as they're driving on the freeway to who knows where <laughs> to see that lit up at night, like unexpectedly on a bridge would be, I think, pretty cool to see. <laughs> Hopefully it was. Yeah, no, that's pretty amazing. And the choosing love piece, is that one that you're working on right now? or Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna light that one up soon. Have hope and choose love were both very personal as well, but also I think are could be applied to the general public and thing that everything is everyone's going through like grief. I felt like after going through grief on multiple stages with my mom's stroke and the pandemic and whatnot, um, I was reading a book and it talked about choosing love over fear because love is everything good. It's every, you know, so I thought that was like a good message that I wanted to work on, but also could share with other people. And I think it could also be interpreted in any way that someone else wants to interpret it because um, choosing love is, it is a choice. So that's one that I'm going to light up soon in an unknown location, but I'm like, pretty excited for it. Yeah, I think that's such an important message right now. And it seems so simple, but like it, it seems like there's just so much fear uh, going on right now. And we have to keep reminding ourselves to choose love and try not to act out of fear. And I think that's also just a great message for navigating a creative career because there's just so much fear that comes with the unknown and, you know, pursuing your dream and putting yourself out there, um, opening yourself up to like 
ridicule or being rejected. And I think like choosing love and choosing yourself and choosing to invest in yourself is is like so important to have that reminder. Thank you. Yeah, no, I agree. Like there's so many times where I'm like, oh, maybe this is just like in the moment it sounded good. And then like a day later, I'll be like, oh, this is too like cheesy or, you know, this isn't, you know, this doesn't make sense to anyone. I don't want to come off like the, the person who's always having these certain type of messages, you know, but I think, you know, if it connected to me at this time, it's going to connect with someone else. And I really think that these messages do have meaning, especially right now, because I know that there's a lot of people that are suffering. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think like you questioning yourself is just like the inner critic and like the doubt kind of seeping in. Yeah. Um, but like when you create from like you create from a place of like your highest self, you know, and like it's that you feel that energy when you come up with an idea and when you're working on it, that's like this really like like you feel good and you feel like energetic and you feel like you're moving forward, but it's so easy to like let that doubt sort of like stop you. And I'm glad that it's not stopping you because I think what you're doing is really important. And I just think like everything you've gone through is making, like it's helping people connect with your work on a deeper level. Definitely. <laughs> and I love, I love that like you're using this neon medium and this this interesting way, you know, like uh, you're sort of like translating your message into like a, something that's like unexpected, I guess. And and again, it's like li- like lighting up the world, like literally lighting it <laughs> with neon. Yeah, no, I had this idea a while ago. It was like a light in the darkness. I applied to an Adobe grant and you know, I thought the message was really solid, but I didn't have a lot of work to show. And I don't know if it was the right, um, you know, it wasn't illustration or something that was more using um, Adobe programs. So it makes sense. But, <laughs> but it, like that idea has been there for a while. And I feel like I'm finally making it happen. Um, it wasn't how I expected it or how I thought of it. But it really, you know, I'm making a light in the darkness with messages that are, uh in unexpected places, like, you know, a bridge or, you know, other places I have in mind that I can't give away. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I'm excited to see, like, what's possible moving forward. Yeah. And the world really needs this. Like, just uh, the world needs creators. And there's just, it just feels like there's, like, so much uh, destruction right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The world really needs, like, I feel like we're both pretty sensitive. And it's like, I'm so thankful that we're both um being brave i guess and like not giving up you know (laughs) not giving up and also just not hiding under a blanket because that's like my i naturally just want to like hide away most (laughs) of the time (laughs) so yeah no i think just putting like making anything where you connect with other people and you know there's always other people that are going through something similar or that would benefit from connecting so I love that you've like started this podcast because you're going to, you know, help so many people and get so many voices out there that maybe haven't been heard. And thank you. Same with me, you know, continuing yeah. to create instead of just saying like, oh, I can't be in a gallery or, you know, I'm not getting the commissions I was um, like, just find a new path, find a new outlet. You know, this is like a, an opportunity. You just have to um, be open for it. Yeah, I think the 
the creative journey is just like full of so many challenges and that's part of it. And I, I think from the outside, it appears like a lot of other creatives just don't have those challenges. And um, I think with social media, you just see people's highlight reels. And so you don't see them like not getting a grant or you don't see them um, sort of like struggling to pay rent or just making personal work because they don't have actual jobs, you know, coming in. So I think like, yeah, it's just important to hear those stories. So like, it's just so easy to give up, you know? Um, yeah. No, it's, uh, I think everybody out there that's really made it, you know, has had a lot of those moments And it. You know, the further I go down this path, I have so much respect for the people that have made it. Cause I realize like how hard it must've been, to get to that spot. It looks easy, but you know, I, there's no way that they got that good, especially at like neon without putting in a ton of work or to just be an artist and get your work out there. It's uh, it's yeah. I have so much respect for people ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a, it's like this outer journey too, where you're just sort of like knocking on doors and like trying to get work and improving your skills and like just putting yourself out there. But then it's also an internal journey where you have to like work through self-doubt and work through uh, grief and work through just the challenges you're in your inner dialogue, you know? Um, I feel like for me, that was a huge part of it. Like I think I was like kind of holding myself back because I just had like a lot of stuff like a lot of baggage <laughs> at first. And um, so like the journey for me was, it was both, it was uh, challenges both externally and internally. And then I grew so much from that. Uh, my work is, I think it was reflective of like a deeper me now, whereas at first it was just like, I was just trying to find my style. Oh, and yeah. I didn't really think about like finding a message or like having a voice. And then like through the journey of like trying to become an illustrator, I found my voice through the challenges. Yeah, your work's incredible. And uh, you've grown so much since like we had that conversation a long time ago and you were talking about it, like just seeing all the all the work you've created and all the avenues you've taken. And um, yeah, just working through I mean, yeah, I, like nobody has a clue looking from the outside that you're that you were working through things or that I'm working through things, you know? Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, with your work, too, I mean, like some I think sometimes it's like really hard to know why you go through difficult things. Um, but like, I feel like for you, it's like you have like you have this ability to heal other people now through having healed yourself and like through having these abilities as an artist. Oh yeah. I mean, if like you look at me a long time ago, like who knows what I would have made. I was like talking about like uh, doing like a chameleon or, you know, like which would still be cool. But um, I don't know if I would have ever been able to go like search a little deeper to find something that has more meaning. Whereas like now my work, I'd like um, pieces that have layers of meaning that, maybe aren't obvious unless you read about it or hear about it or, you know, think about it a little bit more. Yeah. And I just want to um, talk a bit more about like the time, cause you made this piece. It was like all work, no play Yeah, in the beginning. <laughs> and it, like, I just want to talk about that 
moment in time where I think you were sort of uh, over design and that was like one of your first pieces, right? That yeah. Made? Yeah. That was like, I mean, that was the first one I made at Mona with block letters. Um, yeah. That piece I made when I was doing an art director role, which was interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much about it, but uh, that it just didn't feel right. It felt like, I mean, this was actually before the art director role. This was a different job, but uh, I had I, the design job I had taken was really um, sucking the life out of me. And I was doing a really long commute that I didn't plan on doing when I first moved to LA. I didn't realize it was going to be that crazy. Uh, so all work, no play was about how I felt at the time. I also love the shining, you know, and that all work, no play makes Jack a doll boy. <laughs> That's like how I, I was kind of funny like playing on that but um that's how I felt inside was just like I want to be doing this art I don't know how I'm going to make it happen I wish I you know could find the answers or knew (laughs) like where I was headed yeah yeah and um like if you had such a long commute and the job was like kind of sucking all the energy out of you like how did you find time to make neon I just loved it. There was a class on the weekend on Saturdays and I just loved going to it because it was, you know, like a small community. I like my teacher Lyle and um, met some great friends there. Uh, I looked forward to it every Saturday. I like had no problem like giving up weekends to go do that. Yeah. And even now, like I, my studio isn't like right next to me. I still have to commute and go like, that's what I do on the weekends right now. I, like do my art on the weekend and then try to, you know, keep paying the bills and whatnot during the week most of the time and like plan ahead, plan my pieces. Yeah. I think like it sometimes just feels like there's no time, especially when you have a full-time job. And I, I do think like sometimes you have to prioritize like the thing you love, you know, you have to give up your nights and weekends and, um, but it does pay off. Oh yeah. I mean, in the end, I really love like sharing my work with people and, you know, having friends with me like at any show or like when I put it up on a bridge, you know, just seeing friends, you know, from a socially distance, <laughs> uh, acceptable place right now. But uh, I love sharing my work with people. I think that's what's nice about Neon, you know, is like once it's done, I can really, it's out there. It's big. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever like a time where beer really, stopped you from pursuing it or was there ever like a a challenge where you're like I'm just gonna give up oh I mean all the time (laughs) like starting neon out like you you will burn and cut yourself and you had like that didn't worry me as much because I've done glass blowing with a pipe before but you definitely like that's something that you have to be aware of uh so you have to like work through that fear and then also the fear of like putting if it's a really heartfelt personal message, like putting that out into the world, mm-hmm. I had to get used to that. And also like knowing, like trusting myself that, you know, even if like a bunch of people don't like it, like I know that that's what was right at the time and that's what needed to come out and I need to share it. Um, and even with the neon studio, like there's many times where I just wondered like, is this, can I afford this? Can I do like, should I be doing this? But like I would do neon if like nobody was watching 
I, you know, I'd love to do it just because it brings me joy and peace and like heals. Um, so I know that there's, that's important. Like you can't just find that anywhere. Yeah. I think it's so amazing that you found neon because yeah, like I think a lot of people are still searching for that thing that heals them. And especially like when you go through like really difficult things, like just having something to pour that into to get it through you and out of you. So important. And then I think as, as artists, we're just really lucky that we get to share that with people and, and then help heal other people. I just feel like it's like the best kind of career. It really is. You know, if you can stick it out and, you know, there's some tough parts, but it's so worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm still on the journey and have a long way to go. You know, I'm, I'm making it, I'm seeing like things happen that I never thought would happen, but still have a long way to go. But yeah, but it's like a, you know, it's a lifelong journey if you stick with it or it'll evolve and, you know, like, like you mentioned, Neon, it just takes a really long time to, to keep improving your skills. So. Yeah, because the other thing about it that I didn't really originally even think about too much was not just the the glass part, but like I didn't really grow up using power tools a lot or any of that and or electrical and wiring and, you know, using a, tr- like a transformer and wiring it to electrodes. It seems oh my like, gosh. yeah, no, I was this Crazy. more recent sign that I did that's um, trapped in Mona at the moment until uh, they're able to fully open again. Um, that one was crazy. I'd never wired or thought I would wire anything like that in my life, but it's all learnable. You just have to find like good mentors, um, which I've been lucky to have. Yeah. That was actually my next question. <laughs> was oh, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like you had mentors then like, um, what was that like? Were they teachers or, or what? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, many of the teachers I've had, you know, like my first teacher up in San Francisco, my glassblowing teacher in San Diego, so many great mentors at Mona. Um, you know, like there's like so many great uh, glass artists in LA, other women in she bends that are, you know, great resources and also totally inspire me to kick my butt and keep trying and pushing myself. And then um, when my mom had her stroke, uh, there was a contractor, Mike, who helped with our house and he ended up being the one that is now like helping to mentor me to learn how to, you know, woodcut or wire, you know, electrical. It's like such a bizarre, you know, connection that we met, but, uh, it seems like it was, you know, right place, right time. Yeah, I know. Have you heard of like that term? That's like, um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. It's so like ridiculously true in this case, you know, like, I'm like, I don't know how we got to the point that I'm like, Hey, I need, I need to help with a neon studio and learning how to do all these things that I've never done, you know? Uh, yeah. But somehow we're making it work. And I also feel like you and I, we used podcasts as like mentors too, like, um, especially in the, in the beginning when we were like, should we pursue this, the unknown? Um, you and I both listened to don't keep your day job like a lot at the beginning. Oh yeah. That was like life changing, you know, to be able to hear some of those like strategies and I'd never really done self-help anything before like that. (laughs) 
Yeah, but same here. It opened like a whole new world of okay, this is good. Like thinking, actually strategizing and thinking about how to achieve a dream on different levels. Yeah. We both loved that one. And then also um, personality hacker. Like we, yeah, like you and I are both INFJs if, you know, anybody listening is into the Myers-Briggs system and like using that as a jump off point for personal development was huge for me. Oh yeah. Just understanding yourself on that other level, you know? Like what makes you tick, you know? Yeah, it's like almost like um, on a mall map, like you are here. So it's like you can kind of like place yourself on the map. and. Oh, yeah. I'm always a sucker for those <laughs> kind of things. <laughs> like you're, you, you know, you have these unique strengths and it's super, I think it's just self-awareness in general when you're um, branching out into like a new uh, career or, you know, just like knowing who you are in general is like so amazing for life. So I, I feel like personality types are a cool way to do personal development. Definitely. Yeah. But did you have any other like podcasts that you listened to that were really helpful or like books or anything? There's the other one with Andy J pizza. Yeah. Creative pep talk. Yeah. yeah I that- love, I love that one. <laughs> yeah. So I saw him speak and then like followed that podcast as well. And I just love like how he approaches, um, like so creative and interesting in the way that he approaches different um, topics, you know, like just things I would never ever think of. And that really interest me. And from all these shows, the people that they have on them, you know, that I'm always like taking notes to go like read this book later or, you know, check like that quote or this, this or that. And then there were like a few books I wrote down because I can never like remember. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I wrote it down somewhere. I'll find it. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. Yeah. And like where, like what inspires you? Like where are you getting inspiration from right now? Uh, right now I'm getting inspiration. Well, there's a, a little project that we're going to work on together. So yeah, that one's a little bit related to 2020 and how awesome it is. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, um, I'm inspired by nature, you know, like some of my projects have been about coral and the reefs and, uh, I went on that theme for a while. Uh, Like I'm also thinking of a few other installation art pieces related to the ocean that I'd like to do at some point. Um, I'm inspired by music. Like music puts me in like a certain mood um, Mm -hmm. or other uh, movies, you know, being in Hollywood area, there's always, you know, I like, I love like film noir and I also love like just walking around and see, you know, before things were shut down, like there was endless inspiration all around LA. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Scott, he's an incredible artist, my fiance. We were supposed to get married this year, but uh that's been a little bit changed because of everything going on. Mm. But yeah, he's an artist as well at heart and he inspires me um with his work. And many of my friends too, I have so many friends that are like creative in different ways that I mean, obviously, (laughs) you're an incredibly creative person and I have other friends who are in like film or writing and I love, you know, or makeup for the movies or who knows what photography. Um, I get like inspired by um, what they're doing and maybe they say something. It's like, oh, that lights up um, an idea in my mind, totally unrelated to like what they're doing, but as a different way I could use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that music to me is like so huge and like it'll like spark something in me and I'll like want to create like a visual from it 
So it's like kind of like a similar idea, but like a different execution. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like a mood or a style, like even just someone's fashion, you know, could be super inspiring to a piece, yeah. you know, it like dislodges something in your subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's I feel like truth. Yeah, I feel like I have like all these ideas floating around, like it's like a piece here, a piece there, like something I see. And then all of a sudden, like it just starts to like form where I'm like, oh, I saw that. I want to do that, you know, and eventually it all comes together. But I feel like I'm always just like, I don't know, like a library of random things that I've seen that eventually will form a piece at some point. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, no, that's the same way I work too. It's like eventually like pieces connect and then like I have like an image in my mind. And like how do you work on the ideas for a neon piece? Like are you like sketching stuff and then how do you create like the actual like <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it but like the layout for the neon? Like are you using Illustrator or like, how do you do that? Yeah, it's like a little bit of like a mix of both. Sometimes I'll draw um, other times I'll like work on the computer a lot just because it's easy to scale. Um, and I love like playing with different typefaces because I feel like they have a meaning or a feeling. Uh, lately, it's been block letters because I wanted to have like when you're moving fast in a car, I wanted it to be easily readable. Mm. Uh, mm. So that's why I was doing a lot of like really simple type lately. But I love really crazy, intricate fonts. So uh, I want to do more of those in the future. Um mm. But yeah, no, I work on the computer a lot and kind of go from there, like almost as if I was approaching a design project um, and think of like I was going to do this piece for our wedding and I was thinking like, okay, how would these layers be? Like, what would they be made of? Um, how, you know, because eventually I might have to get something printed on glass or wood cut or, you know, fabric cut to a certain way. So either way, having it in a document that can be measured uh, is useful. But then I always have to go out and like, you know, figure out the materials and really think it through after I've kind of got the concept, like really, how is that going to work when I build it? You know, like how is the neon going to sit on top of it or uh, all the parts and pieces that'll need to make it work? Yeah. So that's like something I had never really seen before is like how in your pieces you have the neon on top, but you have like a background as well. Like you for the all that glitters piece, you had like the broken mirror, and then for the coral, you had like sand behind it, and yeah. that's like so unique. I, I haven't like when I I feel like when I normally see neon, it's just kind of like by itself or over like a sign or like a paint you know background like that's painted. So is that like pretty unique what you're doing or? I guess I like I hadn't really realized it was, but it might be. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Um, uh, I think. That's probably because, like, you know, a lot of pieces are done as signage or, you know, like, keeping it clean and, like, not heavy, you know, easier to transport, depending upon what it is. But, uh, I mean, some of my pieces have been ridiculously heavy, so I get why, like, people might stick to certain materials because they're lighter and cleaner and easier to work with. But I really wanted to go for, like, that effect with one of the coral pieces where it was, like, all different materials, like, you know, crystals and sand and um, I can't remember what else is in there. Like glass, like I actually got glass like that I would normally use at glass blowing and kind of had that broken up and colored in there as well. 
so I just like see all these materials and eventually, you know, find a way like, oh, I'll try that, but maybe it won't work. Maybe it will. We'll see. Yeah. And I remember with the, all that glitters piece, like the mirror in the back, you're like, all right, I'm going to break it. <laughs> yeah. like, here it goes. I have to break it like in a way that looks good. And you get like one shot at it too. Yeah. And like that definitely wasn't the first one. There was another one that was like, <laughs> totally like, you know, like, oh man, that was not cheap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like just like the commitment to a piece you have. I think like that's what, uh, like that's what people really see. And like, I think that's like really like why you're so successful, not just why, but like one of the reasons is like, you're really committed to a piece. You're not like, oh, I want to save money. So I'm just going to have like the neon and I want to save time. It's like, you really go for it. And I think that's really amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I hope to do even more creative, cool, like, installation art or create, you know, different worlds or who knows what. I, like, I'd love to collaborate with, like, you and more artists and, like, build something, like, way better than, you know, I can do so much on my own, but there's so many other people that, like, if we put all our talents together, who knows what's possible, you know? Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm excited to see where it's headed. Do you have an idea like in the next year or two? I know it's like <laughs> kind of chaotic right now and like I'm sure you know everything's up in the air but like do you ha- sort of have something in mind of where you want to go in the next year or two? I really just want to keep like, you know, getting my skills up, getting better um but I do have like quite a few ideas that I'm just like I can't move that fast. I'm not quick enough yet, but I hope to get a few of those done and continue to do this kind of like gorilla neon, like surprising uh, <laughs> popping up in unexpected places, seeing what's possible. Um, and hopefully, yeah. you know, getting a larger studio at some point and uh, who knows, maybe in a garage, in my house, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah. Someday. That's like such a, that's such a luxury, like LA versus San Francisco, like having a garage. Oh, I know. I mean, it's like, of course you need the house, but then the garage, you know, (laughs) like I would definitely make use of that. Okay. So I have some questions for you. Um, Is there any advice that you would give yourself at the beginning of your journey, knowing what you know now? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I'd probably like just keep going, you know, like you have no idea like what's possible, like what doors will open, like I was saying. Uh, you just have to show, like, just show people that, like, what is in your heart and in your head, because they can't always see it. And once they see what you're seeing, like, they'll be there for you. Like, it'll fall into place. People will support you. Um, and also, you know, be thankful for what you have. Uh, and don't waste a moment, you know, wondering if it's right. Just keep on, you know, like, if it's a path that you think is right and you feel it in your heart, just keep going and appreciate it and don't waste a moment yeah um wondering like what like is this right yeah i yeah and like that's beautiful what else um (laughs) maybe one more (laughs) thing um i'm like this is a more recent thing that i'm learning is to trust the timing of everything because sometimes i would stress myself out thinking like oh this needs to go up today this day or i need to be doing something and you know it ended up getting pushed out and it was like for the better so now I try to just trust the timing of everything that's going on in life and that like it'll happen when it's supposed to because that's the right time. 
Yeah. That's such a good lesson to learn. I think we're all kind of learning that right now. Like with COVID, it's like just everything's kind of been kind of like put on pause. Um, so I think there's a lot of like stress and anxiety around that. And I think like, just trusting the timing on things is a healthy way to look at it. And I agree, like that's happened to me too. Like timing is, I've found that usually when things don't work out in the time I wanted, it's for the best as well. Yeah. Like there were a few projects that could have happened or didn't, you know, and I look back and I'm like, you know, that was really a blessing that it probably didn't happen. And, but it, it brings you a little more peace just thinking that, you know, it will happen when the time's right. Yeah. And I also think like you and I started a bit later we sort of had like these design careers before we kind of figured out what our niche was. And I think like for me, I was 31, 31 um, when I realized I wanted to pursue illustration and I felt so old, like, yeah, I, yeah like right. <laughs> this is like not old, but like at the time I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so late. Like there's all these people who like studied illustration in university and now they're like, you know, starting out so young and, I just wanted to hurry because I felt like so behind already and really like, you know, everyone, um, everyone just needs to sort of like focus on themselves and like their own career and not really worry about what other people are doing. And it's so true. Like it's never too late. Yeah. No, you, like you realize that everybody's on their own path and like, it, it's like a different road. Everybody's going down and you know, you can't compare yourself, even though we all do it, you know, it's hard not, you like, how do you shut that off? But mm -hmm. as best you can to realize that, like, you're on that path. And it's special to you for a reason, because there's something that you're going to bring to the world that no one else can. Yeah. And to just be like gentle and kind to yourself on that journey. Yeah. And I mean, I found the books also, by the way, if you want me to tell you the two books that I was reading. <laughs> yeah, what were, yeah, what books have been helpful to you? Um, I was reading this book called Mindset. Um, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. One time I like was riding a train and had like a ton of time and ended up reading part of that, or, like a good chunk of it on that train ride. And uh, yeah, it was a huge help because I realized that I have a fixed, like there's fixed and growth mindsets and it doesn't you're not always one or the other. It could be different in different areas of your life. And it really helped me realize, you know, I found it really useful to think of, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be great at everything. You can always be learning and like, that's good. And then the other book was Grit. So. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Those two were recommended and I enjoyed them. They're what I needed at the time. <laughs> yeah. Both great messages. Just like with Grit, it's like what I, I haven't read the book, but what I've heard is, um, there's been studies done on kids who are like naturally good at soccer and then at the same age kids who weren't as good at soccer but just practice a lot and then they like looked at them like later down the road and the kids who were naturally talented weren't playing anymore um, but the kids who like practice a lot were still playing and like doing really well and it was just like showing up and like having grit is actually more of a sign of being successful than just being naturally talented on so at something because you think like you don't have to practice and um exactly. I don't know so <laughs> yeah no, the book talks about yeah, yeah there's like all these different examples and you know I found it really helpful because there's times where I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna make you know or I don't know if I want to go in you know and work in this or that um 
but then it's like you just have to keep showing up and like make things like bend something you can always be better at your craft whatever it is you know yeah it's the same with just having to show up you know to to illustrate and to design and david lynch said something like inspiration is like fishing in a stream and you just kind of like have to show up and and fish and you'll catch something some days yeah some days will be like a really good like giant tuna or whatever and then other days you're like a a rainbow trout throwing this back (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes it's like a guppy yeah yeah definitely um okay so i have some questions that people have written in with um sure so yeah so the first one is um how do you overcome not feeling good enough I feel like this really does apply to neon too because it's such a high bar. Oh, yeah. But just in general, like, you know, how do you overcome that? Uh, I mean, like it's I'm every, you know, I still struggle with it at times. But I think if whatever you're doing is bringing, it's filling you in some way, like you are good enough, you know, like if it's filling you up, it like it's leading you on a path. And um, so like understanding that you're, you are good enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's like when you compare yourself to other people, you can really feel like you're not good enough, but like, you know, you have your own charms and your own unique style and just working on that and improving that and like becoming the best version of yourself, you know? Yeah. And just like realizing that it's like, okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have like tons of I mean, crappy letter P's that I worked on over and over, you know, like, yeah, I'm not good enough now, but look at me down the road, you know, like, <laughs> it it wasn't like, nothing was built in a day, you know, so yeah. just kind of understanding that, like, you may not feel like you're good enough, but you're like, you're in a, the middle of a process of becoming like where what you want to be. Yeah. And it's uh, the path of small steps, right? So like, from here to where you want to be, you just have to keep taking the steps. And you'll get there. If you don't take the steps, then you're not going to get there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you also just kind of like learn to trust yourself a little bit more and like things will happen. It'll You'll <laughs> give a shit less about certain things, at, you know, as you learn to like get over a few of the, the issues that you're having, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, how and when and who... Did you ask for feedback along the way? Like, what would you suggest for getting feedback? Uh, like, you have it's tough because you want to, you know, like I'd always talk to friends and family and uh, still do, you know, for advice and tips and like feedback. But like in your heart, you might know, like, I can't listen to that. They don't know. They don't know what I'm like, what I'm thinking of, what I'm capable of. So you can't always trust like that people are going to understand like your vision or depending upon what it is. But, you know, like I ask my close friends and family and teachers and mentors, you know, all the time for feedback on like, how would like, do you think this is a good way to approach this? You know, depending upon if I'm building something I've never done before or, you know, Scott, like sharing my ideas with him, um, friends, of course, like talking to you or whoever, like um, I value people's opinions. I just have to learn when to listen and when to when not to. Yeah, I think that's so important because not everyone can see your vision and yeah, not everyone knows what you're capable of. You know, if you ask the wrong person and and they're like, oh, don't do that. And you listen, you know, it's just, it's a shame. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it takes time, but like you'll learn to listen to your instincts and eventually people will see what's possible, I think. Yeah. You know, and the right people will come. Like if you haven't found them yet, someone will show up that can help you or be there. Or, I mean, the internet's full of people that will help you. <laughs> yeah. And there is an audience for your work too. I think like, you know, if you're not getting the support you need, knowing that like in the world, like you have an audience out there is helpful. There's always a freeway out there. You don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just kidding. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think also like just to hijack what you're saying, but um, <laughs> I uh, was just thinking about this the other day, like um, how fragile ideas are sometimes. And sometimes you do need to not tell everybody what you're doing, depending on if you have support or not. For example, like I just didn't really tell anybody I was creating a podcast because I didn't want people to say no or like, like what's a podcast or um, <laughs> are you sure you can do that? Like I just, I told a few people I'm really close with and then I just sort of did it. Just, I didn't, I didn't really want to hear no or second guessing, you know, I just. Yeah. I mean, like, I think we all have people in our lives that, you know, are the ones that like can you can trust more to give you that supportive like honest opinion and you know that you will lean on versus people that might <laughs> you know we all know who who to go to really yeah exactly yeah that's important but i'm glad you kept it kept it close and did it and i mean it's amazing i Thank can't you. wait to see like where this all leads thanks same same with you like i'm I'm so excited for your journey and I can't wait to see where it goes. And I'm excited to see this next project and where you're putting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love, I love the idea of the Gorilla Neon. I think that's so cool. Yeah, thank you. It's a ton of fun. Um, so where can people find out more about you or like follow you online? Sure. I mean, I'm on Instagram at Brooklyn619. And then I also have a website, uh, that I tend to update, you know, with some recent photos or projects. That's Bartle Bort, B-A-R. <laughs> I mean, you can find it, I'm sure, in the show notes. Yeah, Bartlebort.com. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Brooke, thanks so much for being here. Um, it's been a pleasure and was it, you know, great to catch up as well. Oh, yeah, this is so amazing. And thank you for having me. I'm like super honored to be one of your well, first ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm honored that you came on. Thank <laughs> Thanks so much, Brooke. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you found this conversation with Brooke as healing and inspiring as I did. You can find out more about Brooke by following her on Instagram at Brooklyn619 or online at Bartlebort.com. Do go and check out her amazing neon and design work. It's truly beautiful. To stay up to date on all things The Friendly Unknown, Follow me on Instagram at Allison Felice or visit thefriendlyunknown.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a rating or review. This helps people find it. Or you can share an episode with a friend you think might enjoy it. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, take good care of yourselves. <laughs>